and literally nobody questions this, which and literally sorry, the cat's east. <laughs> All right, uh, let's just take five and try to get tomorrow. everybody, and welcome to Book Retorts. I'm Danielle. I'm Sam. And this is a podcast where one of us explains a weird piece of media to the other who doesn't have any experience with it. Yes, I am like a newborn babe looking at the world for the first time, Danielle. Teach me what I must know. Do you think of these things beforehand, Sam? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be better if I did, probably. <laughs> All right. Well, today I thought I'd go back to <laughs> to our our roots. Uh, uh, okay, we have roots. <laughs> we have roots. Uh, my very first episode that I did, I think, was it our first one? Nancy Drew and the yeah. vampire. Was it the vampire one? Maybe. <laughs> we no longer remember. We it had was so the vampire many one. I'm thinking of Slight of Dan was the second one. I, that was the second. I got one, the magician yeah. and the vampire confused because they're pretty much the same thing, and they live in the same house. <laughs> they do. <laughs> and I am not doing Nancy Drew again, everybody. I'm sorry, but we are going to uh, hit the road here with some vampires. <laughs> oh, well, that is less exciting. So today we are going to be doing, I'm going to be doing, and you're going to be uh, pitching in here, Sam, the 2014 movie Vampire Academy. Oh, I'm going to learn. Yes, you're going to school. We're going to school you today, Sam. Well, you know, one thing about me, Danielle, is that I am always ready to do some schooling. You do like school. Like fish. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to send you the summary to this. To yeah, this that's probably and, a good idea. <laughs> yeah, before you go down the path that we can't get back from. All right, here's what you have sent me. Teenager Rose Hathaway, Zoe Dutch, is a damp peer. That's a word <laughs> I've not seen. A vampire-human hybrid. Her best friend is Lisa Dragomir. Okay, come on. Dragomir? <laughs> All right, Lucy Fry, a princess of the Moroi, <laughs> mortal peaceful vampires. There's already more lore in the first sentence of the description than I'm ready to handle. This is based on a book, and it tries so hard to put so much of the book into it. All right, so here we go. Both teens attend St. Vladimir's, yuck, yuck, Academy, a secret <laughs> haven for those like them. Rose trains with a handsome mentor, Daniela Kozlovsky. I think it's probably like Danila. Danila? I'm, I'm sorry, everybody. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Okay. To guarantee her place as Lisa's guardian. Although she may have to sacrifice everything to protect Lisa from enemies both within St. Vladimir's walls and outside them. So, wait. I have so many questions already. <laughs> what I'm <laughs> gathering summary, here is... Good. <laughs> <laughs> is that Rose is a human-vampire hybrid who is somehow been, like, assigned as protector and bodyguard to a peaceful vampire, Moroi, while she's crushing on her mentor, which is not okay in a school setting, let me be clear. We'll get into and that. And they all attend a school with the most obvious name for a vampire school ever. Sort of. Got it. All right. Well, I look forward to hearing how this all plays out. <laughs> So the movie opens, again, I should, as I said, this movie is based on a series of books, not just one book. Do they try to put the entire series into one movie? No, they they thought that this was would be a big hit, and 
And so they <laughs> were going to do a bunch of movies and it didn't end up happening. So most of the plot is resolved by the end of this first movie. I would say it's relatively speaking a standalone, but there's clearly like they clearly plan to have more movies after this. Oh, well, maybe someone out there who is a filmmaker and hears our podcast can feel the inspiration to finish this brilliant epic. Or you could just read the books, which are, no offense to this movie, better than the movie, having read <laughs> okay. most of them, if not all of them. I don't know, it was a while ago, but I read a bunch of these books at one point. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Danielle, way to crush the dreams of a young filmmaker. <laughs> Sorry, but you can do it. You go. I'll watch Vampire Academy too. We might even do it on the podcast. For sure. <laughs> So this movie opens with a car driving at night, and there's some teens in the back seat. The parents, assumedly, are in the front seat. They're arguing over music, and a car driving towards them veers off the road and slams into them. Oh, no! Start with the death oh, of a family? No. What a dark movie. It is. And then the car's upside down, and there's this bloody girl that's crawling towards another person with their arm outside of the car, and that scene ends. Okay, glad we had that scene. <laughs> we did. Well, it ends because Rose, our main character here, she awakens. It's clearly some kind of dream that she was having. And she calls out for Lissa, who, as we established in the summary, is the other character. Oh, it's Lissa, not Lisa. It is. I figured I'd correct it once we got into the story. (laughs) Thanks, Danielle. I appreciate that. Uh, I gotta say, that's not my fault. It's spelled like Lisa. I'm kind of (laughs) L-I-S-S-A. Well, it's spelled like someone who would spell like, you know, Caden with a Y and a C-H. Correct. So, you know. Well, it is Lisa. Rose and Lisa. Rose and Lisa. Fine. All right. I accept that. So she calls out for Lisa, and Lisa's in the other room. She's in the throes of a nightmare, which turns out to be the accident that Rose was dreaming of. So Rose was dreaming her dream. Yes. And Lisa says she can't get over Rose being in her head since the accident. So this is clearly a newer phenomena. So she's literally seeing the same thing Alyssa's seeing. Oh, her name's Alyssa. No, it's Lissa. Oh. You said Alyssa. <laughs> Still just Lissa. I did, I said, I maybe put a little guttural, <laughs> what is that called? A glottal? Glottal stop. Sure. <laughs> Before my L. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the linguistic podcast where we talk <laughs> about noises. Point is, None of this makes sense already. Like, so Rose and Lissa's head, but since the accident, which presumably the one she's dreaming about, so is Lissa dreaming it or is Rose dreaming? Because when Rose woke up, why was Lissa still dreaming the dream? Lissa is dreaming it. Okay. And Rose was just in her head and Got then it. woke up and Lissa's still dreaming it. And Lissa's upset about Rose being in her head. I'm not upset, just kind of like, it's weird for her. Well, yeah, it, that'd be weird. It is. It gets weirder. <laughs> So boy. Lissa, Lissa points out out loud, I assume only for the audience, because Rose already knows this, that it's only been a year since they left the academy and two years since the accident. And she asks Rose, like, don't you ever think about stopping, like, not having to be on the run all the time is basically what is she's asking. Is this movie her. a flashback? No. Okay. Because you're like, it's two years since <laughs> left the academy. Let's go back to find out how that happened. No. They don't get into that really at all. Okay. <laughs> Okay, great. <laughs> there are a lot of flashbacks in this movie, but it's flashbacks to stuff that happened at the Academy, but it's still in this scene and everything forward is in present tense. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. So Rose is like, nope, never thought about stopping. I only think about keeping you safe and the Academy's definitely still after us, so we need to be on our guard. So this movie is trying very hard to set up a bunch of like, ooh, what does that mean kind of stuff that ends up just coming across as confusing? This, yes. P- partly, I, s- I think it's because they somehow assume you have some kind of basic knowledge of what the story was about. And That's there's a, a lot, a lot of heavy handed, like, there's a lot of voiceover and there's a lot of heavy handed information dumping. Great. Those are my there's, favorite things. 
I know. It makes That's what makes this movie so much fun. <laughs> this is what makes the movie weirder than the book. Because I would not actually necessarily do the book on this podcast. It's way too coherent. <laughs> but this movie somehow makes it way less coherent. <laughs> uh, you, you're barely past the first scene. I'm already confused. So that tracks. So Lissa tries to get up from the bed. Uh, it's still kind of the middle of the night. And she's a little dizzy. And Rose like, you haven't eaten lately, have you? And she's like, go into the kitchen. I'll get you some food. And then she sits down in the kitchen and offers her to be eaten. That's <laughs> so, like, why bother going to the kitchen. I don't know. I wanted that as well. I think it's just so you can do the play of like going to the kitchen. I'll make you what you know, make you yeah. some breakfast, and but it's her. <laughs> isn't Rose half vampire? She yes, but the I don't remember from the books. I'll be honest. It's been a hot minute. It's like twenty years or something since <laughs> yeah. I read the books. <laughs> Fifteen years, and so I do not remember the whole concept behind it. But she is mostly human. Mostly human, but like she's half and half. I think her um, mom is Dampier, and her dad, I assume, is is Maroy. Oh. But she's like, uh-huh. sorry, I meant her dad. She's so her mom is Dampier, and her mo- and her dad is human, but uh. she doesn't have like that's just like super dampiers are just like super strength kind of kick butt sidekicks to the vampires they're not like vampiric themselves necessarily (laughs) because the description said human vampire hybrid i think that was just a like easier for them to explain it that way because technically the the (laughs) dampiers are sort of vampiric i don't know sam they don't get into it in the movie (laughs) all i'm saying is if she's part vampire doesn't that like take her out of the food options for vampires i mean i don't know it's really frowned upon like like, it's not supposed to, you're not supposed to, like, eat your damn here, but this is... Well, the- I mean, that's one thing, but I'm talking about, like, the physiology of this. Yeah, apparently it's fine, because she's, she can eat a hamburger. She says it in the thing. She's like, we bleed, you can eat hamburgers, we die. <laughs> They're basically human. They're with, just humans with know. a funny name. Do they have yeah, any yeah, abilities <laughs> that make them dampier? Not in this first movie, no. <laughs> so, it's just a name for, like, human companion. Yeah, but these are, like, a much bigger deal, because it seems to imply that the Maroi, because they're like peace-loving, nice vampires, they don't Is this have like the any... vegetarian vampires from... They still eat humans, but they... I'll get into this in a little bit, but they're... I'm like... sorry, Danielle. I'm, I'm really taking us way further down than we need to. I'm sure the movie will address all they're... my questions in great detail, and it I'll have no not... problem with any of it. <laughs> it does not at all, but... The... They are <laughs> peace-loving vampires who seem to not be able to fend for themselves. And so the Dampir are their, like, guardians. What? They're the ones that do all... I don't know why none of the vampires can, like, take a kickboxing class and learn oh, how to, you know, Why do the Dampir serve them? Do they have, like, some way... Oh, the ancient contract is that we serve you and then yes. we give you lots of gold. Or is it just like, yeah, it's just the way things are. Because I don't think you could create a servant class for not powerful vampires. Yeah, this movie does not get into why the Dampier are involved with the Maroi okay. at all. And like, I'm sure there are other vampires you. who are not the peace-loving kind. We'll get there. It was in the summary, Sam. Was it in the summary? Kind of. All it <laughs> says remember. is they're enemies. It doesn't say what, what those enemies are. If they're oh, vampire yeah, hunters no. or they're the I didn't vampires. give you the other summary that told you absolutely nothing. I gave you the summary that had a little bit of plot in it. <laughs> okay, great. Well, I appreciate that. That was a mistake anyway. on your part, because now I have questions. <laughs> Sorry, but we'll get to some of them, but definitely only like 
7% of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> Very specific number. I was about to say, you've done the math. So anyway, Lissa has this huge mouth with these sharp little teeth, and Rose is kind of into it. It's a little homoerotic, um, sure. and they never go into that ever again, like her emotional state or how it feels or anything like that. They're just like, she clearly is like, ooh, that bite feels good, and that's that's it. That's all they say about that. And she doesn't get turned to a vampire by the bite. No, she doesn't. Do vampires turn people in this movie? We'll get there. Okay. So after all this is done, you just clean yourself up. The cat, they have a cat. The cat meows and Rose looks over and she sees someone in the alley outside of the apartment. And the and cat's she, like, hey, I'm telling you there's someone in the alley because cats do that. That's <laughs> what cats do. Magic cats, I guess. And Rose is like, Lissa, those are guardians. We've got to get going. So a guardian, it seems to imply that guardians aren't as big, are big a deal as like whatever the big bad evil is, but they're still a big deal. They need to get going. Cool. So... <laughs> What? Sure, they go Guardians, Malloy, Dampier, <laughs> There's so Lisa. many names. <laughs> this, this is like a fantasy, generic fantasy movie where they replace all the fantasy terms with vampire terms. Yes. Got it. But you do have to remember that these were books and therefore much more developed in the book, but in this movie, nothing makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> I just love when we get a whole bunch of random terms that like, oh yeah, the Maroi. The what? I'm supposed to know what that is? Well, we'll get there because she has a voiceover shortly. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to... Uh, <laughs> Jump the gun. This movie clearly explains it all like Clarissa. <laughs> it does. They run outside. Rose unscrews the gas cap of a motorcycle and, like, stuffs a little towel in there and pours some alcohol on it, lights it on fire, and pushes it towards these two guardians that are standing there. Oh, that's never going to work. No, it does. It drives straight for them. Like, she starts it up. It drives straight for them. And then it explodes promptly upon reaching them. <laughs> it's a motorcycle, right? Uh-huh. Why would it drive straight? I don't know. Uh, why would it explode? Because air-fuel mixture. Anyway, that's dumb. Let's go on. <laughs> it obviously allows for the perfect diversion, though, because Rose kicks some other guards' butts, Lissa runs for it, and they make it to their car. And as they're getting into their car, a man with shoulder-length flowing locks and a trench coat appears. There's and he the says, He's not a vampire. Well, then what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> he says, Princess Fasilisa Dragomir, my name is Dmitri Belikov, and I've come to take you back to St. Vladimir's account. Academy. I don't know why he felt the need to announce it, but he did. He didn't just go, come with me if you want to live? No, it's close enough, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. I thought they ran away from the Academy. They did, but the Academy's been looking for them. Yeah, and they didn't want to be found, so that's bad. Two, thanks for the introductions, buddy, with the full <laughs> names. Appreciate that. Three, why is a non-vampire, like, working for the Vampire Academy? Well, he's... Well, we'll get there, but he's a damn peer too. Oh, okay. Well, sorry. That was nobody. There are no humans that. at the Vampire Academy. They're all either Dampiers or Moroi. Okay, but there are no vampires either. The 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 Moroi are vampires. Yeah, they're but they're no like, like nice non Moroi vampires. No, they're non. This is a racist no school. <laughs> no, well, we'll get to. There's only two versions of vampires, Sam. We'll get to it. <laughs> that doesn't make any less racist. <laughs> well, you'll see. I mean, I'm not necessarily disagreeing, but you'll see why the other race of vampires is not invited to the school. There are only star-bellied sneeches and plain-bellied sneeches. That's okay to make <laughs> the plain-bellied sneeches not invited to our academy. They're not exactly both nice vampires, Sam. Well, maybe if you gave them a chant and didn't, like, ostracize them, Danielle, and refuse to educate them. Yes, that's the problem. <laughs> I'm saying it's prejudice, Danielle. Yeah, definitely. I'm on your side, Sam. Uh -huh, yeah, sure. You just want me to shut up so you can go on. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, fine. So Rose steps forward and she's like, the only way you're going to get to Lissa is to go through me. So he knocks her unconscious. <laughs> wow. You really set me up her as a, as a real hero. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> 
Uh, and then she said, this is when Rose does one of her 10,000 voiceovers that you're going to hear throughout this film. She says, Lissa, and she's apparently unconscious. I guess this is what she's doing a voiceover. <laughs> Lissa is a princess in a line of a mystical race called the Maroi. Uh. And they did. The quote, don't wear capes or sleep in coffins. Daylight annoys them, but doesn't kill them. They uh, don't live forever. <laughs> they don't sparkle. <laughs> at least there's that. <laughs> Which is obviously a very strong reference to Twilight. Yeah, no kidding. But I mean, really, you're not doing a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> and the because they don't live forever, apparent, and they're peace-loving, they're paired with a dampier which is a guardian like Rose. She's half Maroi, so she doesn't need blood. She eats human food she's mostly human so rose is half maroi yes yeah, she's half maroi half no she's you said half maroi didn't you i think she's half damn pure half oh, gosh, Sam, do damn pure have to drink blood too <laughs> hang on a second <laughs> you have no idea <laughs> what's going on in this movie slash book i can't remember she's disaster maroi, danielle maybe. disaster <laughs> hang on. Yeah, let's see I can't remember if she, which one. They're very confusing, Sam. The movie's very confusing. There's only two things, Danielle. Either Dampier <laughs> or Maroi, or apparently just regular vampire. Like, we'll call it vampire vanilla, <laughs> or maybe vampire original flavor. But if, like, I just don't understand the rules about, like, what is a Dampier? You said it was just like a person, but because you just said like, it makes sense like she's special, that she doesn't have to drink blood, that she can eat hamburgers as a Dampier. It's not special. She's just explaining what her race is. She's a dampier. Sure. Which is like when Maroi mate with humans. So, to Maroi, make Maroi. Maroi plus human equals dampier. So, they're like the, the mules of the yes. vampire world. Exactly. Boy, that is a derogatory way to put them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you people, you're our children, but you're like a lower class that must serve us and protect us. Got it. Y- yeah. The book gets way more into that. The movie does not remotely talk about it. Okay. Well, I'm glad the book at least addresses the ickiness of that. So dampiers have originally been born from Maroi mixing with humans. They cannot reproduce with each other or with humans, but only with Maroi. When dampiers and Maroi's have children together, they come out as standard dampiers. Half human and half vampire. So a dampier is a half vampire. And if a half vampire into the full vampire, it's still just a half vampire, not a three quarters. And so I can't remember for the life of me because I don't talk about it in there if her father is a human or if he's a Maroi. Her mother is a dampier. So then her father must be Maroi. Must be a Maroi. <laughs> Glad we solved that mystery, Danielle. Well, that's what was confusing me is because I knew her mother was a dampier. And then I was like, well, if Maroi are mixing with humans to have vampires, can a dampier mix with a Maroi to have a half human? Half that, that was my thought. That's why I got confused, Sam. Because I was like, wait, what was it? Because it does come into play in the books. But I like couldn't remember the whole thing. I mean, I'm not geneticist, Danielle. But it just seems to me <laughs> that if you have one group that must mate with itself to produce more of itself. So like, you know, Maroi must mate with Maroi's to make more Maroi. But they're mm-hmm. interbreeding with another group that whenever they mate with them produces more of the second group. The first group is going to either dwindle or become genetically stagnant. Yes. But regardless, as a Dampier, she doesn't need to eat blood. <laughs> the, what's that? I still don't know what the – you say Dampier like it means something. Like I don't know what it is. It's just a human from all I can tell right now. <laughs> Well, it's a half vampire uh, right. that has no the vampire movie, characteristics. Sam, the movie never gets into human. it, okay? <laughs> like, if, like, if you're pretending like I know as much as you know from this particular movie, like I don't know anything more than you do at this point about what a vampire is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fine, but I'm just saying, why even have a term for it? They're just humans. But apparently they're not. I'm sure they have some kind of superpower, super strength. Do they in the book? They're they're super strong and they can be great. Like, I think the concept is that just dampiers are like really strong and they are really good guardians and good warriors. 
Okay, like, so they're like super. They're superhuman. Yeah, they're. I like. I think the vampire side of them gives them all that super strength. So because they're that's like, their whole premise in this. So is why haven't they like, taken over? They're like the vamp. They're like the Maroi, but better because they don't see, have all I the weaknesses, know. but have all the strength. <laughs> they should be ruling them. Again, the books get way more into this, but this is just the first movie, and all it's about teenage politics. There's not anything going on with this yet. I'm sorry, Danielle. I am taking this all very seriously. Maybe we'll do the second book of the series and get more into the Dampier Maroi mythology so and we'll do the wars. Movie first, then book two, and then maybe the graphic novel just to round it out. I mean, why not? There's a lot of books. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's get back to actually what ones. this movie is doing because I think we spent enough time trying to figure out the genealogy of Rose and how meaningless that is, apparently. <laughs> She's a superhuman, okay? Doesn't seem that way. She got like smacked down immediately. Well, she hasn't been in training for a year and she's very young. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, she wakes up. She's handcuffed in a car. Dimitri isn't say- saying much because she kind of rattles on about how she kept Lissa safe for a year. Doesn't she deserve some credit? No. And then in a really blatant display, and I don't, don't think it was meant to be. It's just how it's portrayed in the film. He like pulls his his locks off of his neck and there's a tattoo at the nape of his neck that has all these little X's on it. And each X represents how many stragoy he is killed and stragoy are just called them vampires you had to call them stragoy <laughs> they're, they're the evil vampires sam <laughs> i got th- i figured that out danielle <laughs> as for our listeners who maybe weren't following along because they were still stuck on what a dampier was <laughs> or who just like tuned us out after we were rattling on about our dumb <laughs> argument for 10 minutes <laughs> I was, uh, like you were rattling on for 10 minutes oh okay danielle yeah, it's all <laughs> my fault you're an accessory at least so, anyway, he's killed six Strigoi, which apparently is an impressive number, according to Rose. Okay, cool. I have, no, I have no context for any of this. Right. doesn't matter. At this point, you just have to know that Dimitri is apparently, like, a big deal. He's killed six Strigoi and that they make the marks on the nape of their neck. Right. So, they like, fighter pilots who paint their kills on the nose yeah, of their ship. Yeah, give or take. And so, Dimitri's kind of ignoring her, and it's clear in the car, there's uh, Lissa and Rose have, like, this telepathic conversation back and forth. <laughs> of course. And and it's clear in the car that that's happening. And Dimitri kind of like looks over suspiciously at them. Like, do they think they're talking to each other? <laughs> I mean, how can you have telepathy and still be that obvious? I, you'll see why in a few minutes. Because <laughs> right now you don't know. So they reach this gate. And it's assumed that it's like the gate of the school or something. And it's supposed to be protected, but it's not. There's nobody there. It's pitch dark outside. And a man falls on the windshield while they're just sitting in the car. And everybody goes into high alert. So Dimitri you know, well, yeah. flies, out of, flies out of the car, not literally. And <laughs> he goes Thanks out to clarify. fight. Thanks for clarifying. I was going to ask. <laughs> I knew you would. And it's the Strigoi. They've attacked this gate, I guess, and killed some of the guards. And there's another voiceover. <laughs> Whenever you say Strigoi, I keep on thinking of like a sausage roll. Yeah, it could be. Anyway. I mean, you only see them briefly. I guess they could be sausage rolls. <laughs> uh, this guy be like, I'm thinking this guy be like a sausage roll that's called like a Strigoi or something like that. It sounds tasty. I'd eat it. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, I'm sorry. Continue. This is the voiceover. So the voiceover says that these are the evil vampires. They only yep. come out at night. They can only be killed by a silver stake and they a can silver turn, stake yeah and they can turn other or maroi or into them so they can only turn maroi into them i don't know that sam it says they can kill up they can turn other vampires into them it also could be damp 
here? Who knows? The story does not tell you. And the humans are just irrelevant. Cool. Yeah, I don't know if they can turn humans into vampires because or into Sturgoy. It seems like if their only prey is the Maroi and the Maroi are breeding themselves out of existence with the Dampir, it, it doesn't sound like a sustainable ecosystem. It does not. I'm glad I didn't read this book again prior to watching the movie so that <laughs> I can't answer any of your questions. <laughs> I, I love it, Daniel. Thank you so much. <laughs> So apparently these Stragoi are super strong. It takes like five of their Dampir to kill even one of them. And it's like person after person's dying in their little contingent. Apparently Dimitri's the only strong person. I guess he's the only skilled hunter in this entire group of people. So the specially bred guardians of the Maroi or the Dampir who are superhuman, but they're still like weaklings compared to the Stragoi. And the Stragoi still haven't won this war? Yes. (laughs) Great. None of the relative abilities or strengths of any of these groups make any sense to me. (laughs) Well, this is like the beginning of bad stuff. This is like where this book kind of starts off. Yes, theoretically, prior to this, the Strogoi would have won. Oh, immediately. (laughs) So Rose is like captivated. She's only seen them in training films. She's never actually seen one in real life because she would die quickly. Yeah, I figured that. (laughs) And he's trying to make her wait in the car. But of course, she ends up getting out of the car and he gets really angry at her. But it's okay. Help arrives from the school and they beat out the Strigoi and they make it into the school grounds. Yay. Yay. And the fact that the Strigoi seem to have attacked the school property line does not ever come into play ever again. What do you mean? Like, well, that's... they're at a giant gate, which one can only assume is like leading onto the property line of the so school. So they never press their assault. Yeah, like nothing ever happens with that. There's so they just... attack the gate and then they win. They're like, all right, time to go. Yeah, I guess so. Like the steroids <laughs> just disappear. They go into school and it's never mentioned again. <laughs> well, that's why they're not winning. They're strategically idiots. <laughs> So, St. Vladimir's Academy is, as you know, a magic vampire school, Sam. Is it magic? It's just, you know, a vampire school. Okay, because I was going to say, are we going to put magic into this too? Because I, I don't know if I can handle that. Sort of, because the Rorori actually have power over the elements. Uh. <laughs> Which doesn't come much into play in this story at all, but they're supposed to choose one as a specialty. Like that's and that's what their their thing is. Each Maroi has a specialty. Is this a specialty that you want to do all of them and doesn't want to pick one? Maybe. Yeah, of course. <laughs> So they're brought back into school during a class change, you know, like in between classes. So everybody's staring at them because they've been gone for a year. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. I want to paint this scene for like, because this is (laughs) ludicrous to me. There was just a massive attack where a bunch of people were murdered, including many people in the party of the arriving people of of Rose and Lissa. Somewhere off, not immediately on the school grounds, but somewhere off. So they just walk into school and it's like, Oh, yeah, all the people died. I just, you know, oh, second period, gotta go to yes, math class. It's wild. It's like the weirdest <laughs> thing in the whole world. I don't think any of the school children know that there was just a giant fight, but they don't seem to like collect the bodies or anything. All right. I mean, either the administration is hiding some stuff from this, like, we don't want the parents to complain at the next PTA meeting. They're going to shut us down. Or the students just don't care. The most jaded people on the earth. <laughs> I don't think any of the students know that, like, off property, there was just a bunch of dampiers that got killed. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay, great. <laughs> I don't think they know. Like it just seemed like it wasn't immediately on school grounds. It seems like it was kind of in the forest somewhere, and then they came on to school grounds. You don't have the answer to this question. I'm not going to ask you I anyway. <laughs> they don't say anything. Do the Dampier ever have a choice in there? Like, is it just like, hey, 
congratulations, you're going to probably die in service to these vampire Morori people. Or they're like, you know, hey, you can be an accountant, you could be, I don't know, a teacher, or you could, you know, work in this bodyguard. Is, is, are they given a choice is my point? Or are they I feel like in the books, it's a lo- there's a lot more discussion about that. In this particular, the only Dampiers you see are like a handful of the, you know, the students, obviously, and then a couple of the adults. That Got are, it. And so, so you, like, they're all part of that society and want to be part of that society. I want to know about the non-involved Dampier. Like, good thing I got out of that gig. <laughs> it was clearly yeah. not safe. I don't know. I don't remember the rules on that. I just remember that being a – I feel like that was a bigger idea in the book. All right. Well – Listeners, feel free <laughs> to ship in and, and remind me. <laughs> we're we're going to need a lot of help from listeners at the end of this episode to fill in just Grand canyon size gaps in our knowledge about this media. <laughs> And from one person who's actually read most of the series and still can't remember. <laughs> For me, at least I have an excuse. Anyway, so they get, they're taken to the headmistress, and she's super angry that they oh, yeah, you know, left people school. just died. Oh, no, about the people. No, she's not mad about that at all. She seems to have no knowledge of that. It told you. It is literally never brought up again. <laughs> <laughs> She's not mad about that. She's mad that they left school. And she's almost immediately interrupted by another member of the royal family. And it's this old Maroi named Victor. And they, Rose and Lissa both seem very happy to see him. So Rose tells Victor, she's like, oh, you don't look like you're feeling well. And Victor agrees and tells them that his Sandowski syndrome has gotten worse. All right. This is never explained, Sam. (laughs) Why do you find movies with weird illnesses that make no sense? Like this and Hansel and Gretel. Or what was the other one that had a weird illness that didn't make any sense? A Joe versus a volcano? (laughs) Yeah, that one. Yes, right. Yes, thank you. I knew I was going to get there. (laughs) Yeah. See, he clearly looks ill. Like, he's dark circles under his eyes. Like, not like any vampire should ever look. Like, he looks like he's old, decrepit, and and sickly. But apparently this is called Sandowski syndrome, and it never gets into it in the movie. Well, uh, I'm glad they are mortal and diseased, so... (laughs) Great. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, this is just a one-off. It's not anybody else. Nobody else has Sandowski syndrome. It's oh, just they named him after him. <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's a thing. It's just he's the only character we see with it. Oh, okay. So he begs the headmistress to take pity on them, and she she's not the nicest person. She has <laughs> she's like I have the utmost sorrow for the death of your parents and your brother, Lissa, which is clearly a reference to the car accident. So they're they're super vampires who were killed in a car accident. Yes. But she, um, why would you leave a heavily guarded school to be at risk uh, out in the world, you know, by the Sergoy? Because if she's kidnapped by the Sergoy, they'll turn her into one of them. But also, who cares? Who cares if she's turned into one of them? I mean, like, yes, that's bad. But why is she more special than, like, anyone else at the Academy? Or is this, like, standard procedure? Yeah, but, like, do they have any actual power? Like, what do they rule? They don't have, like, a country of... I'm assuming they, they all live in secret, right? Well, they do, but they're like in charge of the entire secret world. That seems very archaic. They, they should be. Well, I'm I'm pushing now for the vampire <laughs> democracy movement. Okay, well, none of that's happening with this, at <laughs> least. There's like 12 royal families and they take turns. I don't know. It's very confusing. It doesn't go into it much. Yeah, but they 12, take but turns we don't care about one of them. Who cares? Right, let's get the next one. It's fine. We got, we got a dozen she, more we can pull from. And she's now at like, she's one of the people who could potentially rule because of Victor having the Sandowski syndrome. He's not well enough. And so she's like in line to potentially rule coming up Is it shortly. like a council? Is it an oligarchy? I don't know the answer to that, Sam. Uh, all right, sorry. <laughs> she's somehow important because she's a princess and has to be a princess vampire because book. She, yeah, she's super important. It's, it just it, she needs to be important for the rest of the story to work out. Okay, did the Sergoy know this? Are they like thinking or are they bestial? Um, 
Eh, both. <laughs> De- depends on the Strigoi. <laughs> I can't get a straight answer out of you from anything. That's because I did. <laughs> Kinda gets into it at the end, but they don't spend a lot of time with the Strigoi, Sam. All right, all right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I keep interrupting, but you're throwing a lot of (laughs) dense lore at me, and none of it makes sense. I know. This is going to be a long episode. (laughs) I have to cut out, like, half of this episode. (laughs) Sorry. So, Rose says that she felt more secure outside of the school than inside the school, and literally nobody questions this, which I thought was kind of weird. Yeah, that, that's either an indictment of the school security, or she's delusional. Yes. And then Rose is sitting in the, you know, she's being, whatever, yelled at by the headmistress, and she sees a teacher uh, list and notices a name on it, which is the name Miss Carp. And she kind of interrupts the headmistress and is like, bring Miss Carp in. She can explain a little bit more about what was going on, shed some light on the situation. And the headmistress is like, she's no longer involved with the school. And when asked why, the headmistress yells, that's not important. (laughs) She's crazy. What? (laughs) They're just like, the conversation makes no sense, Sam, because it goes back and forth. They're like, we don't, she didn't feel safe at the school. Nobody asks why. They're like, please bring Miss Carpenter. She can explain stuff. They're like, oh, she's no longer involved in this school. Well, why isn't she involved in school? We're not telling you that information. And we're also not going to ask why Miss Carp would be like the person that could shed all the light on this situation. They basically like don't press for answers on either side. (laughs) Dialogue that was from like Tommy Wiseau in the room. so weird. <laughs> it's like whiplash listening to these two people talk and nothing's resolved. Ugh. And then the headmistress seems to like go from just kind of mean and a little yelly to really cruel, which is an interesting change. And so she tells Lissa that she's a possible contender for the throne, so she's, you know, super important. But Rose is nobody. She could easily be, quote unquote, a blood whore, which seems to be something Maroi men would want. Like, so is this like fetishizing drinking the blood of a dampier? Yes, definitely that. And that definitely it. goes more into that into the book. It does not go into it at all in this movie. But to say that to like a 17-year-old girl. <laughs> no. Uh, I'm going to understand why Rose left the school. <laughs> like, what the heck, headmistress? And you can tell Dimitri's kind of uncomfortable with where the conversation's going. He interrupts the conversation and tells her that Rose and Lissa have, quote unquote, the bond. The bond. <laughs> the bond, which is apparently the ability for Rose to know what Lissa is thinking or feeling. Oh, I thought it was Barry Bonds. Yes, Barry Bonds. <laughs> the bond. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible joke. Anyway. I gotta gotta do what I can do, all right? (laughs) And it seems to imply that Rose can only know what Lissa is feeling or thinking, not Lissa can't know what Rose is thinking or feeling. It's unidirectional. Yep. And he says, even when they're not next to each other, but I don't think he actually saw them not next to each other (laughs) because they were in the car the whole time, but okay. Sure, he can make that assumption. So the headmistress is really surprised by that, but she basically is like, well, that doesn't take away from the fact that Rose is headstrong and dangerous and wild. And Dimitri's like, yeah, she's also insubordinate and vulgar, but the number of female Dampier guardians is super low and we can't risk losing another one. Why? Apparently it's a thing. (laughs) Why do you need – first off, if you want more Dampier guardians – you want to breed your own slaves, so to speak. Just mate with more <laughs> Dampier slash humans, because apparently that's all it takes. Yes, barely. But why does a female – do you need a female Dampier to guard a female Dampier? Or is it that they can only form a bond if the female Dampier with a female Moroi? I don't think it matters. Then why does it matter? I don't know, she's- Sam. The right. movie does not tell you. <laughs> okay. Good. Got it. <laughs> this on. movie is just a series of things that it does not explain. <laughs> 
Clearly. So Victor agrees with this and Alyssa interrupts. She apologizes, you know, for leaving the school and she's all of a sudden suddenly very contrite. And now you find out that apparently she has these compulsion powers and she uses them on the headmistress to keep Rose at school. So Alyssa becomes contrite, but it's an act so you can use her compulsion powers to manipulate the mind of the headmistress. Absolutely. Is anyone in this movie redeemable? <laughs> Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, they, they're all fine. Great. This is a little questionable here, especially at the beginning. <laughs> to be fair, the headmistress is insane. Yeah, no, no, that's good, I'm saying. <laughs> so it works. Uh, she gets to stay. While walking around campus the next day, Rose has this flashback to Lissa trying out some magic before they left. And she, as you so rightly assumed, Sam, she's not able to pick an element because she's pretty good at all of the elements. <laughs> yeah, of course she is. Because she's the special one who's not going to be confined one. into your pigeonholing lines, man. I'm going to break free from my house slash city state slash other dystopia categorization. <laughs> district. That, that's yeah, the one district. You're missing. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, it's in every young adult thing, like the one that doesn't fit into the society's predefined narrative, like the giver or whatever. <laughs> Exactly. So she's pretty good at all of them. And apparently that's like a big deal. You're you're supposed to pick one. And so it's a big no-no not to be able to pick one. Also, the Owl House, just put that there. It's just like that. <laughs> it's like, keep throwing out titles. <laughs> so this is where Miss you get your first introduction of Miss Carp. So Miss Carp I thought she wasn't there this, anymore. <laughs> she's not. This is a, remember, this is a flashback. Oh, Sam. <laughs> I don't remember the flashback. I can't keep track of this. <laughs> So Miss Carp walks up and she is very like flighty. She's got like the hair that's kind of all askew and has crazy eyes and just like, clearly a little quirky and not quite there. And she stops them and she tells it's daylight out. And so she's like, you're not supposed to be out here, Lissa. You need to go in and, you know, get some rest because they sleep during the day. And then as she's walking away, she's like, you know what? I didn't pick a discipline either. And look how I turned out. I'm fine. And she's like, walks off and they're like, yeah, that's not weird at all. <laughs> I thought it was super deal to pick a discipline. Why did never mind? It's not. It does. It's you don't. It's not required, but it's like ninety nine point nine percent of people do it, or vampires do it. Maroy, Danielle, please. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Like, so, I keep track of this. <laughs> before they can go back inside, a blackbird, a raven, a crow. I don't know, Sam. I don't know my birds. Um, a corvid. <laughs> a, a very large blackbird flies into the statue. I think it's of St. Vladimir, but uh, not specific. Flies into the statue that's right next to them and dies. Basically, it falls to the ground. And Ominous. Yes, and Lissa walks up to it. That's what basically Rose is like. Rose is like, oh, that's creepy. And Lissa's like, no, it's so sad. And she walks up to it and she heals it. Like she uses her powers. Oh, she has heal magical it. healing powers too. Yeah, so she heals it, but then she immediately passes out after she does it. So you're saying to me that Maroy are basically blood drinking wizards. Yes, that's exactly what they are, Sam. At least this particular Maroy is. No, I'm just saying to jump because the, the sunlight doesn't really bother them that much. They don't have any of the other, you know, vampire weaknesses, garlic or being invited in or, or silver or whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They have magic and they need to drink blood. Yes. Blood drinking wizards. Got it. Got it. <laughs> So Miss Carp sees them. Like Rose looks up and she notices that Miss Carp's watching from this upstairs window. I don't know how Miss Carp got to the upstairs window that quickly, but she's, she's there. magic teleporter. I don't know. <laughs> That's what I wrote. I wrote apparently magic. <laughs> so the flashback stops and Rose looks back up at the window where she saw Miss Carp, but it's all boarded up now. 
Apparently, Lissa was pretty popular in school prior to them leaving, but now she's being teased. And it's mostly being headed by her ex-boyfriend's Ugh. new girlfriend. <laughs> He's just, like, extra terrible. And there's There seems, at first glance, seems to be no reason behind it whatsoever. You do find out at one point that she used to date Lissa's brother, who was kind of a, a player, and she was mad that she was in the relationship and he was not into the relationship. Yeah, but she takes out on this side, is what you're saying. Yes. At this point, you didn't. You don't know that. She's just being, like, super awful. So she's clearly very uh, threatened by the fact that the new girl's back. And she's really, really mean to her, which seems weird to me when you know that she's a potential future queen of your people. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know I mean, why you would be mean to the queen. <laughs> and also, again, why are the princesses going to just the regular school? Because everybody goes to that same school. It's a small po- – it's not a huge – I mean, it's a lot of people, but it's not a huge school. It's so not – you're saying the population population of Maroy is not that big. Yeah, I mean it's like a it's a it's like a normal sized high school, like a you know medium sized high school. But I my assume point, if, by if what you see. If all Maroy are going to the same school, then the entire population of Maroy is like the size of a small town. Yeah. It's like Maroy and Dampier. I mean, they're both going to the same school. Okay, so there's like a total of 10,000 of these creatures in the world. Sure, I have no idea what the number is, Sam, but it's a full-sized high school environment, it looks like. Right, but my point is, if, they were, if there was more of them, they would divide up to like, okay, you have to go to the Royal Academy and you people go to the, like, you know, the Pleb Academy. No, yeah, no, there just seems to be this one school. Maybe there are more, I don't remember, but in this story, there's only one. Okay, cool. <laughs> So Dampier are doing their training, and it's like PE class. They're like training how to fight and climb things and all that good stuff. And they do that while the Maroi go and do their magics training. Sure. And Roy- Rose is, of course, like way behind on her training. And as she's training, she has a sudden flash where she's pulled into Lissa's mind. So at this point, she doesn't seem to have any control over it. This is still the flashback. It's not a flashback. She's like pulled into Lissa's head, okay. telepathy-wise. So I don't she's know where we left the flashback, and I'll be honest. Uh, that was after she looked up at the window again and it was all boarded up. Oh, okay. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> so all of this is present day, Sam. There's not that many flashbacks. I don't know why you're so confused about the flashback. Well, I guess I'm just confused by everything else going on. It's just another thing. <laughs> I can't keep track of what the difference of a Maroi, a Dampier, and this Trigoy is. Okay, well, let's just pretend the Maroi are the peace-loving vampires, the Dampier are the warrior humans, and the Strigoi are the evil vampires. Yeah, but that's not actually true. That's actually true. None of that's true. But it's, like, mostly true. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You just keep it in mind as, like, the warrior humans, the nice vampires, and the mean vampires, you're fine. So anyway, so Alyssa, or she gets pulled into Alyssa's mind all of a sudden. Her eyes go gold. You can always tell when it's happening. Oh, that's so she's just, convenient. <laughs> yeah, she's just standing there and she's like having this flash into Alyssa's head. And Alyssa apparently is going into her secret place where she used to hang out a lot prior to them leaving the school, which is this little like, like a little rectory or something in the church that's on the grounds. So they're church going vampires. They are very much church going vampires. And I cannot tell you why, Sam. <laughs> That makes uh, okay. No sense. It's so perplexing. See, every time you're like, "Oh, they're the good vampires," but, like, but they behave nothing like vampires. So they're, they're basically <laughs> and they're, they're basically blood drinking wizards who are like religious. So, like, <laughs> excuse me for being confused. What the heck the rules are, Danielle? <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I am not disparaging you from being confused about what the rules are. They're very confusing. <laughs> okay, but <laughs> do that vindication. <laughs> So apparently, yeah, it's there, there's even some more church scenes. There are actually several church scenes in this movie. So she is interrupted. Lissa is interrupted by a, this moody 
dark-haired boy, because that's what they all are, who <laughs> <laughs> basically tells her to, like, suck it up, buttercup. You're like, stop being so morose. Your life's not that bad. Um, and she gets really angry at him. She's like, excuse me, have you lost your entire family? Do you know how that feels? Yes. And then actually, yeah, she realizes that she's talking to this other Maroi, whose name is Christian Ozera, and his parents transform themselves into Strigoi. Like, they chose to become Strigoi. Uh... Because they're like, we want to back the winning horse. <laughs> because you get more power. Like, your brain becomes clearer. You're much more powerful. Your brain it's, becomes clearer? Yeah, they get into it in a little bit, Sam. It's not very clear. <laughs> so, the brain becomes clear. The movie does not. Does not. <laughs> okay. But basically, it's like heightens all of your senses. You become super strong, super amazing, super powerful. And so, yes, apparently his parents chose to become Strigoi. I mean, so would I. That sounds awesome. <laughs> So she apologizes when she realizes who she's talking to and asks if that's why he spends so much time at the church, because he's in her little rectory, and also she just has noticed that in the past, because apparently the Strigoi can't walk on holy ground. Oh, great. I'm glad that's a thing. Yeah, apparently it is a thing, at least in this movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he doesn't really answer that question. This is kind of where you realize that Rose can't tell Lissa anything when they're in their telepathy. It's just all one way directional. And uh, I think a ball hits her head or something and Rose falls out of the little vision that she's having. Lose connection. Got it. Gotta yeah. check her Wi-Fi signal strength. So now she starts training with Dimitri. We get to see again in all his Dimitri glory. So Dimitri is the guardian she starts crushing on. Yeah, the hot guardian she starts crushing How on. How much older is he than her? Uh, we get into this a little bit. I think he's early 20s. I He think he might say it in there, but I can't quite remember if it was like 23 or something. But also put out there Teachers cannot date students. We'll get into Sam. We'll get, I promise, this movie actually gets into that for okay, once. Okay, because it didn't get into anything life. else. Of I'm just saying, Danielle, <laughs> my faith in this movie will address anything it, it sets up is minuscule at this point. I absolutely agree on that. But somehow this this is the one thing the movie actually decides that it's going to like vaguely okay. address. All right, all right, I won't get it. Good. Okay, fine. I'm not saying it doesn't push the boundaries and uh, do some questionable things, but they do actually mention the age power differential. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad. That's at least uh, something this movie does take on. So <laughs> the only thing, the only thing, <laughs> which if it's only going to choose one thing, I guess that's a, not a bad one to pick. <laughs> Fair enough. So he basically just spends the whole time like flipping her over and over and telling her she's <laughs> never going to get chosen to guard Lissa if she sucks because right now she totally sucks at guarding. <laughs> fair, harsh but fair. I know. And Lissa, then there's just this is where the movie kind of starts going from like scene to scene to scene to scene. It, it no longer it's coherent, but it no longer has like a they're just like scene. vignettes, no longer yeah, uh, a story. Oh, I'm sorry in advance because I, there's no other way to write this stuff down. All right, all right, Danielle, what we're gonna do here. We're gonna do a speed round. You're gonna go through each scene. <laughs> And I want to hear them one at a time. I'm not going to interrupt you. It's just going to be rapid fire scene from Danielle's mouth to your ears. That's going to be super boring since it's like the rest of the movie. <laughs> oh, I thought it was just like a brief interlude. Never mind. Nope. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it kind of ties in. I mean, the plot ties in, but it definitely is scene to scene. Very vignette So Lissa now, she meets up with Lissa. Rose and Lissa meet up and they go to what is called the Human Feeder program. Ew. I know. Where apparently it's just this very stark hospital looking space where all these humans are in nice cozy armchairs and they volunteer. They're just people who are obsessed with vampires that somehow know about them. Don't ask me how. So and they're like super fans. are like, oh, take my blood, please. Yeah, she's like, 
don't you ever did you ever wonder where those people you knew from high school who were super obsessed with twilight fan fiction went to <laughs> apparently it's here uh... they have a year of service that they agree to and then as they leave their memories get compulsed out of them essentially so they so don't they remember get nothing out of this at all not even memories they i think it feels good but no they don't get the memories of it feels it. good to give blood i think it feels good for a vampire to bite them oh the, the, it so talks more like about it in the book a, a, it does not talk about it here room where they're like oh no they get bitten (laughs) they bite them okay i thought they were actually like taking bags of blood like blood donations no i think they maybe do that a little bit too for like you know in case they need some extra blood but mostly it's biting all right i I guess who am i to judge that still seems super exploitative yeah i mean they signed up to be fair okay (laughs) i'm just saying I, i i i get it but still people agree to all kinds of things they shouldn't that's certainly true so she goes to feed and then after that she's obviously feeling a lot better and super chatty girl appears and she her name is natalie and she's victor's daughter victor was the guy with the sandowski syndrome right so isn't she the next in line then apparently not i don't know how this works <laughs> sam and maybe she's one of many it sounded like it sounded like uh Lissa isn't necessarily the next in line. She's one of a option. So of why people. was she important to get her back specifically? They had plenty of others. I think if any of the royalty was out in public, they would have tried to get them back. All right. That's why they're all at the same safe, supposedly safe school. Yeah, the safe school that was just attacked. And nobody talks about it. <laughs> it was way out on the boundaries of the school, not on the school. Oh yes, yeah, so what happens on the border gate stays in the border gate. Apparently. <laughs> Anyway, so Natalie is clearly a little bit of a geek. She's got glasses, curly hair. She's Uh. very pretty, but your standard, like, yeah, let's pretend that she's not pretty geek. (laughs) This movie is a remarkable bag of cliché. I know, it's impressive. So they all meet up after the feeding and everything. They dress up and they go to church, Sam. Just what this weird vampire social structure caste system needs is some religious morality coming at you. It does. And so during the service, the preacher mentions how St. Vladimir, he was a Maroi, and he had a damp ear that he was attached to, like they were a pair. And her name was Shadow Kissed Anna. Her name was Anna, but they call her Shadow Kissed Anna. Sure. Why not? And it makes Rose remember this conversation with Miss Carp that she had before she left, where Miss Carp called Rose shadow kissed. It doesn't seem like it's a super familiar term to everybody. And she was somehow connected to Lissa. And so that sparks her interest in trying to find out a little bit more about this term. Shadow kissing? Shadow kissing. That's when you practice on your pillows shadow? Yes. Got it. Exactly. How did you know? (laughs) The next scene is just her (laughs) making out with her pillow. No, the shadow of her pillow, Danielle. The shadow of her pillow. You make your shadow kiss your pillow's shadow. (laughs) Okay. It's like shadow puppets. Look, Danielle, it makes as much sense as anything else in this movie. (laughs) You'll get there. It'll make more sense. Uh, I'm going to protest that immediately. Anyway, the service is interrupted, Sam, by a small explosion. In the back of the church room, and they all rush out to go see what see what it was. And it turns out to be the memorial wall for Lissa's mom and, and dad and brother. They had, like, their pictures on it. And it's been cracked in half, and someone has painted leave or die on it in Ooh. red. Probably blood. <laughs> so these guards, like Dimitri and a couple of the other guardians, rush Lissa out of the room. And, and Rose, <laughs> this is the weirdest scene. Rose had just been hitting on this guy earlier in the film. Which uh, one, what Dimitri? A, what the Maro- no, one of the Maroon. That cute Maroi that she so kind of had. So Rose super horned up. Yeah, she's like angry horny. So she decides. Whoa, whoa, she decides. Whoa. I'm suddenly interested. 
And so she decides that, like, now is the time to make out with this Maroi. During the explosion where her best friends, No, they, like, she, like, walks past him and she's like, I changed my mind because he had hit on her earlier. And she's like, absolutely not. And she's like, I changed my mind. Let's meet at noon in the whatever room. So This is, I mean, shouldn't you be attending to your friend who just had a crime committed against her? Like, way (laughs) more. (laughs) They don't show that part, Sam. (laughs) Ugh. And to be fair, it's later. This is at night, so that's going to be like the next day. I'm sure she did go and like hang out with Lissa. Okay, great. <laughs> anyway, so while they're trying to make out, he tries to bite her while they're making out. Not and, okay. Not that yeah, consent. She's like, no, 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 please don't do that. And then they start making out again, and then he tries it again. And, she, and he's like, what's the problem? Like, you obviously did it with Lissa while you were out in the, the wild, you know, outside. So why not me? Because like clearly you don't have a problem doing it with Maroi, which is like kind of not something they're supposed to be doing. Yep. And he tries again and Dimitri ends up showing up and he pulls him off of her. So he gets very aggressive, I'm guessing. Dimitri? No, the the teenage boy who doesn't well, take no for an answer. Well, he just gets pulled off. Dimitri's much bigger than him. <laughs> right. My point is, is why is Dimitri, like, was Rose not handling it or was, like, she under assault? Is this is, is, is an assault thing is what I'm getting at. It was definitely close to it, but she also, the, again, the books get way more into than the movies. She clearly has, like, she was, I wouldn't say she was on the fence about it, but she was kind of like, this feels good, but I absolutely don't want you to do this. Mm-hmm. And so it was like that weird borderline. And then he, she was like, no, get off of me. And then, then Dimitri pulled him off like okay. i think she probably could have handled it but he just happened to come into the room because he was ooh, i don't know they actually don't explain why he was in the room great all right sure makes sense like everything else in this movie airtight <laughs> um anyway so he pulls him off but before he could be too disappointed in her rose has a flash to lissa again she's pulled into her lissa's head who is walking very mysteriously towards an outside door for some reason and when she opens it lissa sees a dead fox that's hanging up it's just like hanging from a rope or something yikes and rose pulls out herself out of the uh vision and is like we've got to go find lissa something's wrong and so they all run to to find her so they run to the bedroom they take the fox down obviously lissa is crying and rose is comforting her and she's and lissa keeps talking about how it started again and she tried to bring the fox back but it was too late and dimitri overhears all this uh-oh uh-oh because she's not supposed to have all these powers so the power she has, like healing powers, are atypical? Atypical. Usually people have like an affinity for one of the elements over the other. They're not like good at all of them. She's good at all of them. She can heal. Most of them can't. Like it's like a- She's just, like the, the uber vampire. Uber At Maroi. this point, yeah. She's like a lot going, like stuff that she's not supposed- Healing's very, very unlikely and rare. Got it. Just, they're trying to keep that on the down low. And compulsion too is not something that a lot of them- Well, who wants to be compelled? to her. To her, to her degree. So she's just got like a variety of skills she's really not supposed to have. So they end up upping her guard detail outside and Rose thanks Dimitri for not telling the headmistress about her making out with the Maroi because she's not supposed to be doing that. Uh, of course. And then she tells him, which was my favorite line in the whole thing. She's like, my 17 year old silliness was a thing of the past. And he kind of like laughs and he's like, it was an hour ago. <laughs> Also, she's still 17, and a comment like that proved that you are not past your 17-year-old Selena's. 
I know. And she's like, well, I'd like to be, you know, I'd like to have it in the past. I need to protect Lissa. So you need to teach me more than just, you know, laps. Like, I've got to actually learn how to fight or I'm not going to be any help to her because obviously people are after her. Sure. So in class the next day, the ex's girlfriend, the evil girlfriend. Does she have a name or is she just the ex's girlfriend? She definitely has a name and I cannot remember it. <laughs> All right. Let's call her, I don't know, what's an ex you want to name her after, Danielle? I don't know. I called her evil girlfriend in all of my notes. <laughs> that works for me. <laughs> so I called her either ex's girlfriend or evil girlfriend. She writes a note in class saying that Lissa used rose for blood and the teacher reads it out loud in front of the class because she was counting on that, obviously. Yeah. Well, that's why teachers don't do that in real life. <laughs> I know. She, she was even like, he takes it from her and she's like, oh no, please don't read that in front of the class. That would be terrible. <laughs> she, he does it anyway. Like he clearly is a moron. Yeah. <laughs> This whole and, school is just chock know, full of dum-dums. And the two, the Maroi that she was making out with, the guy and his friend are like, oh yeah, she's totally let us bite her too. Like we were making out with her yesterday and she let us bite her. And Christian gets really angry about this. Christian was the- Yeah, I remember Christian. He's the, the moody boy. The moody vampire. And she, he, he, I guess fire is his element and he sets the guy on fire that says it. So he just murders him. Got he it. He doesn't murder him. It's like fire that's not going to murder him. It's just like the guy starts freaking out, like stop, drop, roll kind of thing. And he's just <sighs> laughing about it. He, he doesn't actually catch on fire. Fire just scares Well, him. he didn't do it right. <laughs> And, and that's kind of like the end of that scene. Class is dismissed and she ends up, um. So wait, a student catches another student on fire and there are just no consequences? No. Christian gets sent to the principal's office, which apparently is a frequent thing for him. He's like, yeah, I know where it is because the teacher Got tries it. to show One of those things. Got it. <laughs> but somehow nobody else gets sent to the principal's office, which is bananas. Like. No. <laughs> No, I think nonsense. like at least four people in that room should have been sent to the principal's office. Not more. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Lissa gets upset. She runs off. Class ends. And Rose ends up willing a vision of Lissa into her head. Like now she apparently has the power to just like think of Lissa and she can see into Lissa's head, which is creepy. I don't like that. I know. <laughs> She's just like, come on, I need to see I, mean, I don't a like it being random either, but. So apparently Lissa's talking to Christian in their little like secret hideaway in the church. And Christian's like, she was, she's mad at him for setting the kid on fire. And Christian's like, well, nothing else was going to, like, stop that conversation and be bigger than you, you know, taking blood from a damn peer. Like, I had to make it a big deal. Otherwise, you they'd still be talking about you. And then he says, now the fox killer will feel the heat. <laughs> what does that mean? What? I don't know, Sam. Does everyone here have, like, a weird brain disorder where they're just spouting out nonsense? It's such a weird line. I was like, why does he care, care if you can set people on fire? Everybody knows you can do that. But who's the – why is he – the fox killer thing? Where does that come from? Well, he's just trying to protect Lissa, I think. Oh, okay. Well, how sweet and chivalrous and creepy. Yes. <laughs> At this point. So apparently there are these like rules about how you can and cannot use your magic powers. And they're not supposed to use them for harm. And Christian thinks that if they were all less peaceful, loving rainbows and unicorns, that the Strigoi wouldn't be picking them off. Like they'd be a real threat to the Strigoi, which I think is a valid point. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if you have a magical power, you're not using to defend you from your enemies that are slaughtering you, then that's kind of on you a little bit. Yeah. yeah I like, appreciate conscientious objectors, but you also have to acknowledge that sometimes it doesn't work out. <laughs> no, not when you have a like 
death-loving vampires working right. against you all the time. Right. Like, I don't think conscious objectors would have stopped, you know, the Nazis or Stalin or, you know, Pol Pot. Exactly. Which is not to say that they're not – it's not anything wrong with that philosophy. It's just that, you know, different skills for different things. Exactly. And she is uh, – she's like, no, we're not supposed to do that. Like, that's not – we should we should be peace-loving. And he's like, dude, I know you're using compulsion, so you're already kind of on the fence. <laughs> That's also way fair because <laughs> compelling people for your own advantage is kind of way ickier than defending yourself with violence. Oh, you're going to love the next part then, Sam. <laughs> also, does the plot for this movie start at some point? Uh, sort of. <laughs> so Great. anyway, she's having this vision, Rose, of them of those two talking. And Rose's vision's interrupted by this trumpeting music that signals that the queen, the queen of the Maroi, has appeared at the high school. Or funsies, I guess. <laughs> yeah, okay, sure. Her name's Queen Tatiana, and she's there in full regalia. Are you kidding me? Tatiana? No. <laughs> is name, every Sam. name in this freaking movie, like, some super obvious reference? Well, they're in some place in Europe, probably. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, oh, yes, Tatiana, and I will name my son Oberon. I'm so clever. <laughs> okay, well, she's there in full regalia, and there's a throne up on the stage of the school, which, you know, why not? And what, okay. weirdly, what she does is she, like chooses her visit to the school to be calling out Lissa for quote-unquote dead animals, blood games, and escapes to Oregon. That's where they went when they left the school. So she's just there to like say- the United States then. Huh. Sorry. Well, glad we established locations. <laughs> is not Europe. Because <laughs> they drive from wherever they were to, I assume, unless they flew in a plane and didn't show us that far. So she just came here to basically call out, not Rose, the- uh, Lissa. Blunt. Yeah, Lisa, she just sorry. calls to, like, call her out. And I'm like, why? Like, d- does it... You couldn't send a letter? <laughs> well, and also, like, what does it do to call out a 17-year-old at high school? <laughs> like, to the the staff and the other students. Why? Why would you want to lessen the, like, pa- unless she wants her own family to keep ruling? Right. It seems like you're not going to accomplish much except for potentially alienating a teenager. Well, and, like, it kind of... Because you don't know the reason behind what she's doing there. It makes it seem like she's dismissing royalty in general. Like, that's, like, why would you not, as a royal, even if it's different families, why would you not stand behind each other to make it as powerful right. as possible? The, like I said, the power structures don't make any sense in this world. It does not. And she's, like, calling her out for stuff beyond her control. Like, she has no control over the fact that dead animals are being put in front of her. How you know? dare you allow animals <laughs> to be poached on your lands? It's very weird. So, Lissa disappears. Rose and Natalie end up running over to Lissa's little apartment space, you know, her dorm. But nobody's there. But there is blood on the wall that says, if you stay, beware. And do any of the administrators care about these blood scrawl threats? like, nah, she'll handle it. Well, supposedly they upped her, like, security detail and everything. Yeah, but they're, like, investigating? Uh, that doesn't seem to suggest that they are. This feels very, like... Harry Potter in the sense of like in the Chamber of Secrets and like they're like oh there's blood on the walls uh, school should be fine we'll just keep going yeah that's basically how this is going yeah that, that, no any responsible school would be like alright everyone we are going to shut things down for a bit and investigate properly right to be fair at this point at least Rose and a couple of the other like and Natalie seem to think that it's just the evil girlfriend and her friends like messing with Lissa okay well yes because they're scrawling things in blood neato yeah well I mean they're just harassing her they've done a couple of pranks which I didn't really get into but they've done a couple of, you know, Oh, you skipped the vampire pranks. prank war? There's not, like, a lot going on. There's just, like, one where they rig the water uh, fountain to spray all over her. Like, not super. Well, okay. They well, use the water okay, power. Yeah, like, why, 
you can't dangle for me the concept of a vampire prank war out of like an 80s <laughs> It's not an interesting comedy, vampire but prank war. <laughs> yeah, no, I want that. Now, you, you you put the idea in my head, Danielle. I want like a, I don't know, Animal House style 80s vampire prank war. I mean, that would be great. But really, the only thing you see is Lissa going to drink some water out of a water fountain. And one of the people uses their water element power to like spray it all over her face. And they film it. <laughs> And then they all laugh. Great prank, guys. (laughs) Uh, A plus prank. (laughs) Prank masters. It's pretty stupid. Anyway, but then all the blood stuff starts, so that's what they assume is going on. Okay, yes, there's no difference between those two things. I'm saying these administrators suck. Okay, but like you can get to the best part of the blood being on the wall, Sam, which is that Rose makes Natalie go lick it. She's what? The Mar- she's a Maroi, so she makes her go lick the blood, and Natalie confirms it's fresh, that it's made from Maroi, and that there's more than one Maroi blood in there. So, <laughs> Natalie, she's just like, hey, you, go lick it. And she's like, all right. And she licks it. And she's like, I can tell by the taste that it's Maroi blood, and it's the mingled blood of several Maroi. Yes. And then and my favorite part, which I actually didn't even write down because I wasn't going to tell you, but Rose says, can you tell if it's royal? And <laughs> Natalie is like, no! <laughs> oh, that's the bridge too far. Excuse I know, it made me. me laugh. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Is that where the line's drawn? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. Well, who needs CSI when you have a tongue? <laughs> Natalie's tongue. <laughs> that's like a band. That'd be a great band <laughs> name. Like band. <laughs> All right, we're Natalie's tongue. We're here to play the Maroi best hits. <laughs> Anyway, Alyssa shows up as they are figuring all this out, and she's super angry about, like, everything. To be fair, I mean, I would be angry as well. Yeah, no, it's fair. And she's decided, like, I'm over this. People are treating me terribly. This isn't fair. And so she wants to use her compulsion to pull people back onto her side. Fair. I mean, teenager logic. (laughs) She announces it to the room, and Rose is like, you're not supposed to talk about that in front of Natalie. (laughs) And she's like, I already told her about it. It was too tiring trying to keep it from her. And I'm like, you've been back to school for, like, three weeks weeks <laughs> teenagers man you can keep your secret from natalie <laughs> yeah i mean was it was that like prying at you like hey hey Lisa, compel me can you compel me Lisa? compel me and she hasn't even been using it so i don't know why it was that hard to like not talk yeah, about no, that's it nonsense. And, and apparently how does well, what's his face christian know did you just tell just, him he, he just like obsessively watches her i think <laughs> Oh, oh, that's awful. (laughs) That's my best guess. So Rose ends up going back to training with Dimitri, who's amped it up for her request. And he reminds her during training that the Strigoi are, this is mostly for the audience, that Strigoi are made because what happens is a Maroi has to kill during feeding, and that will turn them into a Strigoi. So if a Maroi kills a person they're eating, the person they are eating turns into a Strigoi, or the Maroi turns into a Strigoi? The Maroi turns into a Strigoi, or I think they can also be turned by a strigoi. So if you eat too hard and kill a human, for yes. instance, you become a strigoi. Absolutely. What? I think the idea is that like you've now murdered something. It's not no longer like a peaceful feeding. You've killed this thing, and but you get you like magic. You get more powerful for doing so. Yes, but you're like now evil. You have no empathy, no like life. <laughs> Where's our vampire biologist to explain how any of this works? <laughs> So that's the concept, Sam, is that you lose your empathy and actual your moral center, humanism your humanity, yeah, if, yeah. You, if you so kill you become all, you become super powerful but lose your humanity. Exactly. But why – I mean, okay, I get that and the Maroi are peace-loving. But why are they peace-loving to Strigoi? Like does killing Strigoi turn you into a Strigoi? 
Uh, I don't think so. You wouldn't then eat they're Mr. Fine. Goy, murder them like you can murder. You can murder. You just can't like murder them while you're eating them. That's a big loophole. That means you could like <laughs> eat somebody to the point where they're almost dead, and then like stop and stab them in the heart. Like, nope, not Mr. Goy. <laughs> Probably, but. <laughs> That's, uh, a, that's a massive that's not loophole. That's the movie, like, at least. <laughs> imagine that in court, like, Your Honor, yes, I murdered them, but I had already stopped feeding at that point, so clearly innocent. <laughs> I don't know how it all works, Sam. It's just one of the ways that maybe it's intent. I don't know. Like, maybe there has to be some intent behind it. I'm not sure. I don't remember. It's not mentioned in the movie. Anyway, his point is that at some point, you may be fighting against a vampire and another person that you know. And, like, are you going to hesitate if you know the person? Because they've been turned. Right. This is like the old zombie apocalypse. I can't kill them. That was my mother's not your mother anymore yeah you just have to kill him yeah i don't know if i'd have that problem <laughs> <laughs> I'm just this saying, podcast. they're turned they're turned like it's too late <laughs> well i know what side of the, of the zombie apocalypse i'm gonna be on when danielle is when it happens i'm gonna stay away from danielle's <laughs> you know you want to be on my side because i will definitely kill the people no that i will say as far away possible could be like did you sneeze you're gonna be a zombie <laughs> blam <laughs> I didn't mean like that. I meant if they were already turned or they're already strigoi, then what's like you might as well kill them. They're not coming back from that. <laughs> yes, yes. Nothing ever finds a cure or anything in a zombie movie. Okay, well, in this case, well, you're not going to like keep your zombie parent alive or something because maybe they're going to have a Look, cure at some point. Clearly, you didn't see Shaun of the Dead. Like, I he did, kept and his he best friend in, chained yeah, up in the yeah, backyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that know. would be ideal. But also, if my like mom was trying to kill me, I would just, I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> <laughs> this is all Danielle. I'm saying out of this She'd one. She would forgive me. She would totally forgive me for killing her as a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, there it is, folks. <laughs> all right. Next scene. <laughs> Rose it has a flash to Lissa's brain again, and Lissa is going around and she's compulsing everybody around her, basically, not to care about the blood or the queen thing. It clearly has an effect on her physically. It's very draining to her, and it makes her itch for some bizarre reason. Ants. Yes. Ants all over her body. Got it. So she's using it more and more, and she's like basically turning the whole school on her side again, so she's becoming more popular. And then during all this, Rose decides that she wants to break into the headmistress's office to steal that file on carp that she saw while she was there. How evil is the headmistress on a scale of 1 to 10? Uh, it's very unclear. I'm going to say like a 2, but her stupidity is like an 8. Got it. <laughs> So she does manage to break into the headmistress's office and steal Carp's file, and there's a DVD in there. Sure. I know. Why not? So she puts it into her computer. She's watching it, and it's Miss Carp talking to the camera. And this is clearly some kind of like, I'm going to say Maroi government sanctioned thing. Like they've clearly at this point- It's like interrogation. Yeah. Like trapped her, and they're, they're, she's talking to the camera, and it says like day one, day two, day three, you know? And she keeps talking about how they're coming after her and how she should have gone with Lissa and Rose, and it's- stops after day five there's no resolution like nothing happens after day five Ooh, okay <laughs> so meanwhile this is showing off some magic at a party like i said it's getting it's making her super weird and jittery she's also at this point stolen back her ex-boyfriend from the evil girlfriend using compulsion yes and made everybody not like the evil girlfriend and rose is starting to like disagree obviously with this whole concept she's like you don't even like the guy he's boring <laughs> <laughs> What the heck? And so she's obviously against it. And Lissa's just like, it's fine. Like, you know, this is, this is important.
important for us to not be watched all the time by everybody. Sure. And Rose leaves the party, kind of storms out of there, and Lissa and Natalie end up following her out, trying to get her to come back. And they're interrupted by these howling dogs in the background. I swear, if there are werewolves in this movie, I would be so upset. <laughs> there are not, as of yet, but these are called Psyhounds. You don't, you don't know anything more about them, but that's what they're called. <laughs> Close enough. Pack it in. I like how this this movie slash book is poking fun at Twilight, but That's really, it's, it's about stuff. the same level. <laughs> so the Scions are like clearly in the background, I don't know, on the property. Who knows? But they run across the school grounds. And as they're running, they seem to get farther and farther away from them. And they run across the quad area and they find Lissa's backpack. It's just like randomly sitting in the middle of this square. And she's like, why is my backpack over there? So she runs over there and grabs it. And inside of it is, I'm sorry, everybody, it's a dead cat from the one from earlier that they had taken from the apartment complex. And Lissa tries to heal it, but she is not able to, and she passes out. From um, the exertion. She's been used too much magic. And when she passes out, all these cuts appear along her arm, like her skin just kind of opens up. All right. So far, so typical. (laughs) I don't know, Daniel. Like, I still don't see where the plot of this movie is. It's not really a plot. It's all a lie. So Rose at this time has a flashback to Miss Carp warning her about being shadow kiss and Lissa using magic too much. And if she uses it too much, they'll come for Lissa like they did for her. And then she has a sudden memory of Miss Carp using compulsion to make her and Lissa leave the academy. So she didn't remember this before because at the end of it, Miss Carp is like, you're only going to remember that I compulsed you. It's like a temporary thing. You're only going to remember this when you need to know this. That's very convenient that you can just say, hey, magic spell. When they need to know this, they'll know. Like, how do you know what need is? Like, who knows? That's very wishy-washy. I agreed with that when I heard it. I was like, how would you... How? What kind of magic is that? <laughs> yeah, right? It'll happen when it should happen. Yes. So then I guess Rose decides to convene everybody. So she gets like Dimitri and Victor and the headmistress, like all the important people together in one room. And she's complaining, basically. She's like, like, I need to know what Miss Carp did. I want to see the remaining footage. Like, it ends on day five. There has to be more than that. I want to say, I want to see day six of the footage. And for some bizarre reason, the group's like, yeah, we've held it from her long enough. We really should show her. <laughs> what? What? And they what? have the authority <laughs> to do that? <laughs> they do, apparently, because everything is run through this school. Apparently, they like, because you'll see later, there's just like an entire like government complex beneath this school. <laughs> this what no no it's very perplexing <laughs> so is this all right let's just get to it I, i'm sorry <laughs> so dimitri for whatever reason he wasn't even there when all this happened but he knows about it so he takes her down to a secret underground vault where yeah she, yeah because why not <laughs> Where they keep all of their prisoners. And she ends up seeing the the remaining footage of Miss Carp. What happens on day six is Miss Carp ends up killing a man while feeding on him. And turns into a Strigoi. And she turns into a Strigoi. And according to Dimitri, the undeclared, meaning the people who can't choose a concentration, have a lot of confusion in their brains. And it just tends to get worse if they aren't able to control it. And it ends up being easier for them to become Strigoi because those are emotionless, clear-headed creatures. And so it's been a real threat that listens might choose that path, which is one so of the reasons they've... So, he is saying that the undeclared, quote-unquote, because, yes, dystopian term for people who are different, they are always so confused in their brains that they seek clarity and, and they're like, 
oh, I took him Shrigoi, so I will no longer be so confused in my brain hole. Yes. Like, it becomes a desire for them to be able to focus. I don't know what they uh, like, whatever. focus for, Sam. I don't know. That's just what he says. But apparently Sure. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> but apparently during this kerfuffle, Miss Carp managed to escape the building. So, Shrigoi Miss Carp is out there and about causing havoc. Exactly. So upstairs, Lissa is compulsing the group of people, being like, Rose is crazy. I don't even know. Like, I don't know what she's talking about. I definitely, she shows him her arms. She's like, I don't have any cuts on my arms. I definitely didn't try to heal anything. (laughs) And Rose is out, out, you know, she left the building. And she ends up enlisting Christian to find some information on St. Vladimir and Shadow Kissed Anna. So she's trying to find more information. And she thought Christian might know where that is because he lurks through all of the church buildings and old libraries and stuff. Why not? I'm sure you could go to him and not say the librarian or something. <laughs> well, they don't really have a librarian library and they just have a church filled with old Well, no wonder this school sucks. <laughs> Maybe they do. I don't know. They never go into the library. <laughs> <laughs> I would not pay good money to my kid to this vampire school. <laughs> So while they're researching, they realize that St. Vladimir had the same skill level as Lissa. It's called spirit, quote unquote. Do they have like a numerical value? We have tested it. You have 16 spirit level. No, it's just like you either have a ability for whatever, air, earth, fire, etc. Or you- Earth, wind, and fire. Please, Danielle. It's a great band. (laughs) And water. And- Or you have the ability over, like, all of them and other stuff, and that's a spirit element. Okay. Cool. So she has the same abilities that St. Vladimir had, is what they find out while they're researching. So St. Vladimir was also the same as Miss Carp and Lissa. Exactly. And he had a dampier on his side named Anna, who was Shadow Kiss, whatever that means. They haven't quite figured that part out yet. So they part the next morning. They, like, researched all night. So when they come out, Lissa finds Rose, and they end up getting into a fight. And this is the reoccurring thing about Lissa using her compulsion powers and all of that. And they're trying to explain that they found all this information out about spirit, etc. But they get into this big argument, and as they're fighting, this random hole appears in the ground, and Rose steps in it and breaks her foot. Oh, did Lissa do that to her? No, at this point, it's unclear as to why a sudden random hole developed in the ground out of nowhere. Is anything clear in this movie ever? That actually is explained later on because I also was like, what the heck? So she, Rose awakens in the hospital, but she's totally cured, obviously, because Lissa ended up healing her, and they end up making up. Aww. I know. That's good. So the headmistress comes in with a bunch of other people. She wants to send them to a bunker to be safe until the teachers from Romania come and are able to help with Lissa's gifts, because they've obviously filled in everybody about what happened. Apparently, there are teachers that can help her with that. And they didn't think about this until now? Well, they didn't realize that's what she had, because they didn't Ah. know all the details. All right. Well, that seems like a reasonable decision. And so... So Victor, who's looking particularly ill, and Natalie try to convince them to go to the dance that evening. There's like a school dance. And then go to the bunker after what? that. Why? I know. <laughs> That's what I said. Because it's super safe. <laughs> Just put them in the bunker, wait for the magic specialist to come, and you'll be good to go. <laughs> Crazy to me. And Natalie, like, presses so hard. She's like, you know, I can't go by myself. Like, I'm such a dork. Nobody's then like, I don't, don't want to go. just don't go. It's a dance. Who cares? <laughs> it's apparently everything in high school. And Victor's really uh. pushing it, too. Um, he's like, well, it's fine. We'll keep them safe. Like, let them have, enjoy this one night before they have to stay, you know, for a few days in this bunker. And Natalie- They're in ends- on it. <laughs> Natalie got in on what? <laughs> 
I don't know. Whatever <laughs> shenanigans is going on there, killing foxes and crows or whatever. Well, at this point, everybody still thinks it's the uh, evil girlfriend, which it may and they're well not be. like I don't know, suspending her or interrogating her for murdering animals. Nope. Nobody's doing anything, Sam. That night, Natalie was given a necklace by Victor to give to Rose. Definitely evil. Got it. To uh, thank her for all the help with Lissa. It's this necklace that she was looking at when they were looking at dresses earlier. And the dance, so they go to the dance that night. The dance theme is thicker than water. (laughs) I hate it. Absolutely (laughs) hate it. so funny. And they did this hilarious, like, slow motion walk-in, like, a, a group of girls and these mean girl vampires turn and look at them and hiss. <laughs> I mean, if the movie was more of this and less of, like, nonsense mysticism, I'd be on board. <laughs> so funny. And Dimitri, like, sees her across the room and is clearly, like, into Rose's new dress, but doesn't say anything because, you know, that's not appropriate. It's not. <laughs> And Christian immediately starts dancing with Lissa, then they start making out, so they're apparently a couple now. Sure. Lots of things happen at this dance. So right after all this happens, the evil girlfriend comes up and starts, she's really upset because her boyfriend's been taken away from her, like, and he didn't, wasn't even kept by the person who, like, took him. him. Yeah. (laughs) Like, dismissed him. She's in trouble, like, nobody likes her anymore, they all like Lissa, like, she's extremely pissed off about all this. And so she admits that she did a bunch of the like more minor stuff but when they accuse her of the cat and the fox thing she's like i would never hurt the cat like or or the fox but she's like i gave the cat treats like i love that cat and they realize that it's like two separate things that have converged like the the evil girlfriend is doing a lot of the minor stuff i'll never realize that two things can happen at the same time i don't know but apparently they didn't think about it and now they're really worried because obviously something bigger is out there for lissa so lissa runs off during this confrontation just because she was like super uncomfortable with it and it was oh yeah the whole thing about we'll keep her safe at the dance and they'll put her in the bunker and like no just run off no she doesn't even really have guards there it's wild and then christian tails her and they end up getting attacked and blindfolded and rose sees this through a vision so rose runs to the headmistress to tell her that Liz is in trouble and for i do not understand this or if it's out here i don't understand what's going on in the scene so rose gives the headmistress to tell her Liz is in trouble the headmistress seems unsurprised by that she pulls out a syringe to like clearly like knock rose out or something like she pulls it out to use on rose and rose does this fabulous move where she like twists her arm around and makes the headmistress inject herself in the butt which was very funny (laughs) that what I don't know, Sam. And it, like, it doesn't make, I thought it'd make sense later. Like, I was like, okay, she's clearly in on it. And yeah. like, but, like this will come up later when they no, resolve. No, she's just trying whoever. to sedate Rose for no reason. And it's like very confusing because you'll see in a little bit what happens. And I was like, I don't understand that scene now. So she injects herself in the butt, which very funny. She passes out. She's like, I could have been a model. <laughs> she passes out. Anyway. She- <laughs> oh, God, that amused you. <laughs> it was really funny scene. Rose ends up going to Dimitri instead, so she runs over to his room. But once she gets there, they ki- kind of immediately start, like, flirting and then start making out. There's no time for this, wait, A, not appropriate, B, you got to save your friend! Sam, wait, because I had the same reaction, and I was like, oh, wait, this, I forgot what was going on in this scene. So as they're making out, they, like, get to the bed, and he looks down at her necklace, and he realizes that it's spelled. And I so he, called that. Yeah, so he pulls the necklace 
necklace off and like throws it in the fire or whatever he does and the the charm is broken it's a love charm and he like steps back from her and is like we cannot do this because like I'm older than you and it's weird and power dynamics and like I'm your teacher and Good like for you, absolutely Dimitri. not <laughs> like this is like we're gonna forget this ever happened. Good. Yeah. No one nod to <laughs> Good sense. So they get dressed. They're like, yep, let's pretend this never happened. And they run out to find Lissa. And she's having her vision. So she's like following her via the visions. And Christian ends up stowing away in their car in the sure. backseat. He climbs in. So the evil people's plan was to distract Rose by getting her all horned up with someone using a love charm. Yes. Just a, a shotgun approach, I guess. Not very precise. <laughs> well, they had some info that she was into Dimitri. So I think they were hoping that that would somehow play out during the dance. Fair enough. All no, right. it was like pure luck. Well, it worked. So to who go. am I to, to uh, <laughs> question their bulletproof plan? I think it was mostly just so that fans could see them kiss in this book. <laughs> yeah, probably. So Christian stows away in the car, and now apparently she has Rose seems to have the ability to get into Lissa's brain whenever she wants to. <laughs> like just, just flip a switch. <laughs> That's crazy. And she realizes like the blindfold's finally lifted from Lissa's eyes, and she's able to see, and it turns out that it's Victor who kidnapped her. Oh, I'm so surprised. I'm not Shock. Do you know why Victor kidnapped her, Sam? <sighs> to heal his disease? How did you know? <laughs> Because I've seen movies before. <laughs> so he's the one that's been testing her with the animals. And he also created the hole in the ground to break Rose's leg because he was hoping that Lissa might try and heal it. Got it. Uh, yeah. It all makes sense now. Except for the breaking of the memorial wall. That doesn't make sense. I think that was the... The evil girlfriend? The evil girlfriend. The yeah. one she expelled or something. I don't that's know. definitely not okay. <laughs> I agree. So Alyssa's like, well, you forgot about Rose. Like, she's definitely coming after me. And they're like, yeah, she's definitely not because she's completely horned up and hanging out with Dimitri in a bedroom somewhere. She's a teenager. They, it was a fair guess. <laughs> it was a fair guess. There was a 50-50 chance that was correct. He's like, because this is a chronic condition, basically what has to happen is you have to continually heal me, so I need you to give up your life for mine. She has to be like a nursemaid with him every day, healing him all the time. Basically. Until she's dead, essentially, I assume, if she dies. Well, can't they feed her? Keep her alive? Like, Well, yeah, I think that's the plan, is like to keep her alive as long as humanly possible, as long as morally possible, too. <laughs> <laughs> to keep, right. like, I mean, that, that makes sense, I suppose. Because he says that he's like next in line to rule and he he's more important than she will ever be. The Maroi need a strong leader and that's him. All right. Got and it. So she's like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Like, you can't make me heal you. And he ends up bringing in this blind Maroi who is a air master. Like he's able to do the air stuff. He's an airbender. Got airbender. it. <laughs> Try not to use that term. <laughs> I, knew, I, I was waiting for the right moment. I knew it was going to come. And he ends up using air. Like it's actually kind of a, a kind of a cool thing. Is like he like sucks the air out of her to torture her. Like oh, so like she can't breathe. Got she it. can't breathe, and so she he does it, and she can't use her compulsion on him. That's why he's blind. Because yeah, so you can only use compulsion contact. on people who can see you. Yep, sure. Which is what they just like. Who knew prior to this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a mess made up. <laughs> and so. It's he. He only goes through two rounds, and she's like, "Forgot, I'll do it. I'll do it." I was like, "That was only Cracks two like rounds of suffocation." <laughs> and they, so she gives up. She heals him. He becomes younger, and he's like, "Oh, look how handsome I am! I'm so strong and virile, and and I'm the man." 
And they show up at the house. This is when Rose and, and Dimitri end up making it there in Christian. And Dimitri is like, wait in the car. You know what happened the last time you were around on the Strigoi and like bad people. You're not that strong yet. Like, don't get out of the car. So well, he gets well, out. At this point, there are no Strigoi involved. No, but they're, she's still like 17 year old novice. So like, she's not. <laughs> okay, sure. She's that's not fair. Great. And he's not. So he gets out. He starts like kicking butt. And obviously she does not wait in the car. Yeah. <laughs> and her and Christian go into the house. They're tr- they're going to try and find Lissa while he's trying to kick everybody's butt and get Victor. So they do find the room that Lissa's in, but they can't get it open. And she's like, Christian, use your fire magic. Like, break down the door. And he's like, I've never used it outside of school before. And he can't get well, it to like cares? work. <laughs> I know. <laughs> He's got, like, fire anxiety. He can't do it. Ugh, teenagers. But it's okay because Lissa manages to compulse the guard and she climbs out the window. But as soon as she lands on the ground and she's, like, you know, goes down the drain pipe, she's met by these, the Psy dog things. Sure, <laughs> I forgot hounds. those were the things. The Psy hounds. <laughs> right, sure. Hounds of the Baskerville, got it. But they're just these really poorly made CG dogs. <laughs> Aw, puppers. <laughs> I know. And so she's being chased by them. And Dimitri is trying to get into the room with Victor, you know, killing other guards left and right. And the guard that's left inside um, with Victor is apparently like the second best guard, you know, the one right after Dimitri. Sure. And he's been bought by Victor. And no. I know. He has a great line. He says, they say Dimitri is a god, but I am an atheist. An atheist with a big gun. <laughs> you know what? Good for him for having confidence. <laughs> So they break down the door, but the first first person in the door isn't Dimitri, it's some other guard, and so he ends up shooting that one instead. And then Dimitri dodges a literal bullet. (laughs) (laughs) I guess he is a god. It's amazing. And rushes him. And meanwhile, Rose and Christian are chasing after Lissa. They've, you know, realized she's escaped out the back. And Rose rushes Victor's getaway helicopter pilot, because there's this big helicopter that descends from the sky to clearly pick up Lissa and Victor. And so Rose jumps on the helicopter pilot, like trying to beat him up. And she's like, yeah, I can use some help here, Christian. But he can only light this like tiny little flame. Well, like, are you serious? <laughs> so useless. And as all this is going on, they do manage to get the pilot down, but Victor shows up and he shoots towards them and ends up hitting Christian. Christian, I know, Christian collapses to the ground and Rose jumps in front of Lissa trying to block her from from Victor and then Lissa's like trying to pull her out of the way like, no, let me stand in there. He's like, I really don't want to hit Lissa with my bullets because obviously she's my savior. (laughs) Yeah. And so Lissa and Rose get into an argument about who's going to face Victor. So they keep like standing in front of each other, which was pretty funny. <laughs> She's like, well, he's like, he's not going to shoot me, Rose. Stand behind me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that makes the most sense. And in the interim, while he's just like rolling his eyes at them, trying to figure out how he's going to shoot Rose. And he ends up getting taken down by Dimitri in the interim. Dimitri jumps on him. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. So he's being handcuffed and you think it's over. But then Victor just kind of calmly looks up at him. and He's like. You know what I like about Psyhounds? They're wonderful at tracking and even better at killing. And he yells, attack! And they all rush okay. forward. Why were the Psyhounds involved from the start? Because they were chasing Lissa, remember? Ugh. What is a Psyhound? What makes it Psy? I don't know. There's just, they're giant dogs with glowy eyes. Got it. Right. <laughs> and there's a line earlier that's like, they'll chase her and they'll, you know, take her exactly where I want them to, but they won't kill her unless I tell them to. So, Got so he, it. Yells, he yells attack, they rush forward. But in the nick of time, Christian uses his fire magic and explodes them into torched balls of fire. There's a metaphor here for a young man discovering his sexuality. <laughs> sure, that's it. <laughs> 
So Liz is now out of magic, doing the whole, like, healing thing. So Rose ends up offering herself for blood, and everybody's kind of aghast. And she's like, well, like, what else we're supposed to do? Like, Lissa needs to get out of here. Yeah. And she ends up healing Christian, because she couldn't do that without that. Christian was dying on the ground due to the whole being shot thing. That'll do it. And that's, like, the scene ends, and they are back with the headmistress. Oh, that useless person. Yeah. And this is where I wrote, is she evil? Question mark, question mark, question mark. I mean, is incompetence really that much different than evil? Because she, well, she was going to like stab Rose with a vial of something, but she's now just still the headmistress and they're like reporting back to her. And it's like no big deal that she tried to like knock out Rose. It's so perplexing. (laughs) They don't mention it at all. They never explain it. I don't know if I just missed it somehow or what, but I did not understand how she wasn't in trouble. Or the student who broke the memorial wall and covered in blood. Well, that's not even, it doesn't even matter now. (laughs) It does. So it's all being cleared up. They're figuring stuff out. And the headmistress lets Rose know that she doesn't approve. But if Rose wants to, Victor has requested a moment of her time. And Rose is like, yeah, don't really want to talk to Victor. And Good. Yeah. But the headmistress goes, he said it was something about being shadow kissed. He said, you'd know more Uh. about that. So, of course, of course, she ends up going to talk to Victor and he tells her, I don't know why he decides to share this information, but he tells her at the the accident, the car accident in the past, she was dead, but Lissa saved her. Lissa used her healing powers on her. And so she's marked by death. And that's what it means by being shadow kissed. To be healed? To become back from death. Okay. Yeah. And so when it's the same thing that happened to Anna, assumedly with St. Vladimir at some point, is that he brought her back from death. Okay. So she's marked by death. And so that gives her a little play into future stories, obviously. (laughs) But it has no relevance for this story. Um... Not particularly. (laughs) Great. Glad we spent a lot of time looking into that. (laughs) Well, you know, it's important to the story as it is here. So, and also just FYI that that love charm that she was given on her necklace only works if the person's interested in her to Uh, begin with. So, you know, there's that. (laughs) Doesn't make any better. And Dimitri is right. Stay away. Well, you'll like the end of this, Sam. So in the background, as they're talking and he's explaining all this, you kind of see a couple of the guards drop. Like, they just disappear from the scene. And one by one, like little dominoes, they start to disappear. And surprise! It's Natalie! <laughs> Did I say she was evil from the beginning? Did I say something about her being evil? I well, remember. she wasn't evil I guess evil everyone was evil. Then, but Victor has talked her into becoming a Strigoi. And she says- Is Victor a Strigoi? I don't no, get it. Victor is a Maroi, but he talked his daughter into becoming a Strigoi so that she would be, like, invincible. But I thought they lost their humanity. They did. She's evil. But they still have, like, complete control over themselves? Uh, sort of. Like, she says a super creepy line, which is, I do anything for my daddy. Don't like that. <laughs> do not approve. <laughs> she made me laugh, but it was also very creepy. But also, with no moral compass, why does she care about her father? Why does she even listen to him? I cannot tell you that, Sam. I don't know, like, their full emotional depth. But in this case, at one point, I think it's Rose who asks him, like, aren't you concerned that as a struggle? now she's gonna like kill you (laughs) yeah and he's like don't be ridiculous but he quickly like sneaks out to go 
you know, leave the building as quickly as possible. So I think it definitely is weighing on his mind that she could easily turn on him. And now they know she's a Strigoi, so unless they kill Rose, the cover's blown. Well, she just turned into a Strigoi, clearly. So are they all just leaving? She's not going to stay at the school? So they're still stuck under, they're like underground where Victor was being kept in the yeah, I got security that. thing. And so he's released, Victor's released, Natalie lets him go, and they end up getting into a fight, Rose and the Strigoi. And obviously Natalie's kind of Winning the first half of this fight because she's much stronger than Rose because is. Because <laughs> every every fight scene with a hero in the climax has them losing first and then rallying with some like big power of friendship thing coming back and winning. All right. So she does almost get her, but then she hesitates because it's Natalie playing back to what happened earlier where he's like, if you're fighting against somebody you know, are you going to hesitate before if killing them? If been fighting her mom in that scene, she would have killed her no problem. <laughs> but alas, this is where I was trying to kill Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> so Dimitri shows up downstairs and he ends up meeting Victor as he escapes, as he's trying to escape in the elevator. Like the elevator doors open and Dimitri's inside. Good. <laughs> and Victor's like, oh crap. And this random rock falls from the ceiling. Like it just, I don't know why. And Dimitri ends up kicking it into his head and he like passes out and falls over. So Dimitri kicks a rock that fell from the ceiling into Victor's head, knocking him out. Yep. Cool. And then sure. he, he joins Rose in battling Natalie and Rose manages to like basically like tie her against a great thing or a cell and he ends up killing her. Good. So she lived a very short life as a Strigoi. <laughs> That was worth it. Yeah. And she has a whole speech about like, I was, you know, such a dork and a geek and now I'm super strong and blah, blah, blah. That's why she turned and I do anything for my daddy. And then she (laughs) dies within 20 minutes of becoming a Strigoi. She was better as a not Strigoi. Yes, of course. All right. Then you cut. This is the the final finale bit. Oh, (laughs) So we cut to some future date. Who knows? That's obviously after that. Everybody's cleaned up. They are in one of the little like rectory areas of the church. There's a ton of books around them. They've found a bunch of of books about the spirit, quote unquote. And they're feeling super optimistic about Lissa's future because one of the reasons St. Vladimir was able to not become a Shurgoy was that he had Anna by his side. Oh, okay. So they're thinking like Rose and Lissa stand a, a stabilizing force. Exactly. Yeah. And so they're feeling pretty optimistic. But alas, another trumpet sounds and the queen has returned. Sure. Why not <laughs> bring the queen back? And they do a little announcement in front of the whole school. And she says, once again, this grotesque maelstrom of indecency seems to be centered on one individual. <laughs> I don't know what her problem is. Uh, Victor, right? Victor? <laughs> no, Lissa. Oh, and- <laughs> somehow. Lissa actually interrupts the queen. She's like, thank you for allowing me to clear the air. And she tells the entire room of people that she's declared her specialty. I guess they all needed to know. And that it's spirit. It's this rare thing that St. Vladimir had. And by the way, her boyfriend is Christian Azera, and they can all suck it. And his parents were Strigoi. Deal with it. (laughs) And then the queen tries to interrupt her and Lissa just hushes her. And she's like, not now, dear. (laughs) And the queen just lets her keep talking, which seems very unlikely. No, she'd shut that down. But she manages to give an inspirational speech to the room about how there shouldn't be bad blood and they need to stop bullying and be kind to one another and work against a Strigoi and everybody cheers. Oh, Yay! what a shoehorned message. Good, Lissa. Woo! <laughs> 
And then it ends with Rose meeting up with Dimitri outside and she's confronting him about his feelings for her. Like, I learned that this spell only works if you like me. And he admits to her that he does like her, but his position and the age difference and the fact that if he loves her and is protecting somebody else, like that's going to be an issue because he won't protect that other person. He'll protect her. So right. he can't he can't be with her. And they mutually, you know, nicely part ways and have a little moment. And the scene pulls out and you see the caves that are kind of in the hills surrounding the school. And it shows this obviously evil Strigoi asking a obviously evil Miss Carp when quote unquote. And she's like, soon. And then dramatically <laughs> you see hundreds of Strigoi behind them in the caves, like frothing at the mouth, you know, screaming and ready for action, assumedly to attack. And that's the end of the movie. The end. That was a movie, I suppose. <laughs> I'm glad that scene of all those Strigoi murdering people when they first arrived at the school had nothing to do with anything. Did not. Oh, I assume that would be in Vampire Academy too. <laughs> uh... Quick question. Why was Victor such an idiot? Because it seemed like he could have said, hey, you have healing powers. You want to just come by once a week and heal me a little bit? Yeah, nope. That seemed like it would have worked. She healed him and did he stay like relatively young until the end of the movie? Uh, Yeah, till he died. Well, till he got knocked out. Yeah. So it seems like the healing wasn't like you have to be there 24-7. I, I can't tell you, Sam. I don't know if it had to be every day or every week or what. But even so, like, it seemed like something he could have like arranged by acting, hey, you're my niece. Would you be willing to help? me out once a week or, you know, a few times a week. Right. And it seemed to drain her, but not for any, like, she got one thing of blood and was able to heal again. So yeah, they could go get a snack at the blood couch place <laughs> and we're good. Yeah, I don't know, Sam. I think, like, they cl- clearly had a good relationship with Lissa. I agree that Lissa would have been like, yeah, of course I'll, like, give up Help my powers you. a day of the week to heal you. Yeah. That's not like with the obvious solution, but like, no, I gotta kidnap you and, like, make it a whole thing. Yep. No, he's just evil, Sam. He clearly just didn't think about asking her. All right. Well, I asked a lot of questions, Danielle. I got very few answers. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) None of this makes sense. It feels very paint by numbers in terms of like, oh, yeah, you have these categories within categories of like young adults who don't fit in, are just special, and are breaking out. So it felt very much like every other book, but it had somehow like so much more lore it was trying to cram <laughs> into it than even most YA fiction that it felt like top heavy. I think the books obviously have a lot more time and space to- Right, to spread it out. Yeah, and the movie decided like, we're going to put in as much as humanly possible <laughs> And I really wish the movie had just, like, been more edited. <laughs> Streamlined. Like, yeah, if the movie had focused just on the Maroy Damp... I've got to keep looking at the names because I don't know what they Maroy Dampier relationship. And the circle could have been mentioned, but, like, just sort of like, oh, that's like our boogeyman kind of thing. Yeah, I think they could have done a lot more with the Maroi yeah. and Pierre Strigoi. That's actually the interesting part of the story. Yeah. Right? And I understand that's not necessarily a huge part of the first book and definitely plays more into the mini books after Yeah, but it, they're going to like cram in a whole book's worth of backstory in the first, you know, 45 minutes of this movie. Like it doesn't matter if they take it from what book. Yeah. Agreed. I, anyway. don't, I don't disagree. I think this movie could have been done a lot better, which again is why I chose the movie over the book. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't, I don't know how the book handles it, but from this right now, I feel like this caste system is unsustainable. This reproductive system is unsustainable. I can tell you that I started reading this book about, I'd say two months ago, because I was like, maybe I could do this for the podcast, and I hadn't read it in a while. And I started reading the book, and I said, nope, this makes too much sense. I'm going to have to watch the movie again. I remember that making much less sense. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, maybe it makes a lot more sense in the, in the book, but... All I have is the movie, Danielle, or rather your filtering of the movie, <laughs> which I don't know if makes it better or worse. That's not for me to decide. But I hope our listeners can appreciate my struggles with understanding putting some semblance of logic to this piece. If you have any idea about how this is a sustainable life cycle of the Maroi breeding Dampier, why do Maroi continue to exist without becoming like the weird incestuous royal bloodlines that produce rare genetic disorders that are terrible? <laughs> I like our sheer inability to get through a movie without a biologist. <laughs> We're back on track, Danielle. <laughs> okay. Oh, Starlight Parking didn't need it. Made too little sense. This movie needed again. Well, it was a nice break for those two Starlight Parking episodes. Okay. Well, okay. I'd say, are there a biologist listening? Because we could use a full time biologist on our podcast <laughs> to explain have a third all our dumb questions. <laughs> we have like a segment of like, you know, biology by blank. <laughs> If you want to fill in that blank, you can contact us at bookretorts.com. Or you can tweet at us, Instagram us, Facebook us, at bookretorts. All right. Well, until next time, bye. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Something like one of those hackers from a 90s film. I am a hacker from a 90s film, Danielle. Didn't you know I was the original Crash Override from <laughs> Hackers? It's a shame that that movie has already been seen by both of us. All right. Hacking complete, Danielle. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs>